for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's the third part of our series, Archery Elk Hunting from Response to Release, Connecting the Dots. And on tonight's show, we're focusing on those variables and questions from before you see the elk to there he is to when he's in range. We cover questions like, how do you know if he's still coming? And what do I do if I'm not sure? What if he's moving to my downwind side? He busted out a bugle and he's closing in. Do I respond? I hear another hunting co hunter coming into my setup. What should I do? He's coming into range. Do I wait or do I draw? He's just out of comfortable shooting range. Do I take that shot? So many questions and tons of variables, but don't you guys worry. It's time to connect some more dots, Elk Bro style. Those topics are Elk Bro shout outs and questions from our awesome Elk Bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, Glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, coming to you live from Spring, Texas, in Casa de Ornelas. 
And we have <laughs> the Venezuelan mafia leader, Luis Gonzalez Ooh. from the Cape, Texas area. And that's right, the one and only elk calling master from Burnett, Texas, the Flatlander himself, Mr. Cole <laughs> Wilkes is in the house. And from Cimarron, New Mexico, we've got our elk hunting coaches in the house. That's right, we got the elk ninja with us, Leroy Chad Chavez. And Joe Gillia say tonight. What's up, Joe? <laughs> what up, y'all? So hey. anybody who is listening to this, who is watching this right now, we are not where Gilbert says we are because oh, we are on the road heading to Elk Camp, man. Can oh, you believe it? Right. 2021 is, is right, happening, dude. man. Unbelievable. That is right, man. I didn't think about it that way, but it's true. The best is the best. When y'all are hearing this, fellas. Yeah. So, and, Beto, you got to man up and, and call me the Venezuelan Mafia leader when Manano is on, too. What's <laughs> hey, up with that? I don't man. know what you're talking about. I say I, it all yeah, the time. No, I don't know. I don't it know. It ain't going to matter because kinda... Manano ain't listening to this. I, I, we know this. We know this. <laughs> yeah. We got to throw our brother under the bus when he can't help himself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he, ain't here. he ain't here to defend himself. Hey, man, himself I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm doggone ready, man, to hit the hills, yeah. man. Oh, man. You know? So. Oh, so oh, wait a second. The, wait a second. They're the ground already, Joe. <laughs> they are in the ground. Man. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, Nick Munt's done put one down for the bone collector already, man. Hey, hey who do we have in the house? Hey, we got a couple other boys. We got a bunch of intruders again, man. You, you, you're hey, getting guys. a lot of people hacking to your system, bro. What's going on? <laughs> hey, so uh, this is the fourth and final time that you're going to hear this from the bros. We have some special guests joining us for a few minutes. Everybody. Out there, all our grinders meet Joe and John Waldron, Team Wyo Reaper, the fourth and final elk hunting team from this upcoming season of Hunt Wars, man. Guys, welcome to the welcome, team. Brothers. JJ. Nice. In the thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thank Very you. Very cool. They saved the best for last or what? That's what I'm talking about. I see a big yeah. old elk in the background, too. Look at that. Hey, I, yeah. I didn't mind Listen, enough to show them to people. Listen That's to awesome. Gilbert now say that this is his favorite team now. It's just Man, like he's been sure, telling dude. that to every single team. <laughs> hey, when you, can, when you can walk out there and say this is Team JJ in the house, dude, you my favorite team. Ain't no <laughs> My money's on, on Team JJ out of, out of Wyoming. You guys out of Wyoming, right? Yes, sir. Oh, that's cool. What part? Uh, Southern, South Central Wyoming. South Central Wyoming. Yeah. Just oh, okay. above the Colorado border or what? South, yep. South Central. So, so all of us that are not Wyoming oriented, tell us some places that we might recognize I, there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Saratoga, Wyoming, okay. and uh, okay. John's John's from Rollins, Wyoming. Okay, oh, okay, Rollins. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. It sounds like John has the, I mean, Rawlings, man. I mean, that's kind of like the name right there. I mean, that just, it just reeks cowboy, rough, tough, you know. High desert, <laughs> high desert, dry, sagebrush. Oh, really? how, how, how close in age are you guys? Uh, four years. Who's older? I am. Oh. Joe's older. I'm the bigger brother. I, yeah. I got you. Who's the yeah. shooter and who's the caller? I'm the shooter. You the shooter. Did you put in first? Yes, sir. I didn't even tell anyone I put in. 
<laughs> did Joe put in? Joe, did you put in? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, so, so it says on his name Joe, but he and look, we John. go through so this. John, John, and yeah. Joe, and, and Jay, that's, Jay. So that's yeah. not Amber down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's but I figured it wasn't John right there. So they, they do that. Oh. They, they get confused. So just don't call <laughs> it. Like the, the, the other like Jay me. put in. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, he for dinner for. Oh, he did. No, he just he just got lucky to have a good friend. I heard a hot horse and I just, I didn't put in and Joe called me up one day and he goes, dude, I just won hot wars drawing. Wow. <laughs> what exactly does this mean? He goes, we're going to New Mexico. Wow. <laughs> Y'all yeah. ever hunted in New Mexico before boys? Nope. Never hunted out of the state. No. Oh, you're in for ah. an unbelievable treat, man. It's a oh, unbelievable so state. Really cool habitat. Uh, unbelievable bulls all over the country. Uh, I don't think there's a bad unit in the whole daggum state, you know. Um, yeah. Y'all are going to have a blast. I, I don't know if Joe's told y'all how we got involved with Hunt Wars, but it all started with me texting Joe when Joe was on vacation and uh, asking him to go hunt with me. Uh, just me and him go do the Hunt Wars deal. And then Joe... Joe's like, well, man, I don't know. Let me check into this. And before you know it, him and Troy are hooked up at the hip, man. And here we are. Elk Bros yeah. is now involved with Hunt Wars. So um, it was really cool from going to – but, you know, wah, 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 we can't compete. <laughs> okay, man, you know, we're going to let y'all win. I mean, that's – So, Joe, quick question, man. So, uh, first of all, how did you, you find out about Hunt Wars? And then, you know, what uh, – after you put in, how was it when you found out, man? So uh, I had a guy I work with, uh, a guy by the name of Dominic Basinger, uh, came into work and started telling me about this show. It was 4.30 in the morning, um, and uh, and I'd never even heard of it. I, I just built a house, so I didn't have time to watch any of this kind of stuff. So 20 minutes later, I put in for it. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell anybody. I just put in for it, and, and I'm cheap. So I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I just threw away 100 bucks. But you never know, you know, I don't ever win anything. And then uh, the night I drew, uh, I was cooking dinner because my wife was getting home late from work. And uh, so I missed the live show and I had, and I, and I had planned on watching it. And my, the guy that told me about it said, did you just draw Hunt Wars? And I said, no way. So I got on my phone because I didn't believe him, of course. And uh, it was still, it was still live. So I couldn't watch it. And I had to wait till it was done being live to actually watch wow. it. Wow. You know, and for all of our listeners, I think just about every one of these guys that are competing that put in said they never win anything, man. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's so cool. Man. Maybe I need to yeah. put in because yeah. I, mean, I never win anything. We're exempt oh, now, bro. You won't win. Exempt. You won't win, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Joe, Joe gets lucky quite a bit, so he's bound for it. <laughs> I, I, I can draw tags sometimes, and I just hunt wars, but everything else I'm not lucky in. <laughs> so let, me, let me ask you, Joe, man, you're, you've got your brother that's going to be the caller, the maestro, his job to pull that booger by you i mean is he going to get the job done for you man i mean is there any doubt oh, I, any worries any if there was if there was any doubt he's my he, he's there's a reason he's my caller he's incredible he's incredible. Uh, uh, yeah yeah he's good <laughs> yeah i feel he's the same way about i feel the same way about manano 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that on the other podcast. Where is no. Manano? Manano uh, can call cats, man, but that's about all. <laughs> <laughs> Manano heard you guys were coming and we were going to talk about having a call off or something. He didn't yeah, show up. He's, he's, he's uh, <laughs> scared. Uh, yeah. No, but scared uh, stayed home. Now, listen, all... y'all want to go pack mule against him? Uh, my money's on the Venezuela. <laughs> I promise you. He understands that language, man. Yeah. You put a pack on his back and point the way, and yeah. it, it gets yeah. there. He may he fall asleep straight. along the way and get yeah. there late, but he'll get there. So, you know, and and I I want to just kind of support a little bit of what Joe says there because I've got to watch John's growth, man. In in calling, and I mean, this guy already had a grasp of the calling, but do you think you've grown any as as you've gone there, bud? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I've always from the get go always been, uh, when I go to clean bugles, I've always not like doing that because I've always been weak at it, but creating a scene I've always been great at. I've always been able to draw bulls right into the shooters. And, uh, and you hit on it, Joe, from day one, you said it and I went, yep, this guy knows. <laughs> and, uh, I instantly started working on it, and two days later, I sent you a deal, and you said, "Holy oh, yeah. cow, did you change?" Yeah, yeah, it didn't take long yeah. at all, man. It, it it's so cool to see, you know, guys. I, I've gotten to see all these guys, and I get videos, I get audio recordings. You know, I've yeah. gotten them from Joe, I've gotten them from John, all the contestants, man. That, and it's so cool to see that work ethic. That you know, these guys are putting in the time. Yeah. You know, they're not going to show at camp up at camp without having a skill set and you know it's uh it's pretty exciting a lot are you guys going on a hunt before hunt wars yeah we're we're gonna be we're gonna be hunting straight till the day we leave awesome man oh wow and and so what's the location of honey hole Oh, we're not gonna tell you that. Don't be in Wyoming or Colorado, guys. Don't edit that. Don't Colorado. Edit that. Oh, so, wow. so yeah, now, yeah. now I have to ask: What do you guys do for a living, man? Yeah. What the heck? They work. I'm jealous now, dude. Them, they're working. What? Yeah. I mean, we, we, <laughs> no. What do you guys do? We work, Seriously, just joking aside. We work. We work for uh, Sinclair Oil. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. We all oil field rats. Me and Louise. Mm. I'm not yeah. quite oil field. We work in the refinery, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, downstream, downstream. Yeah, still, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Uh, cool. Let me tell you, every time I talk to the guys, they're working, man. You know, yeah. and 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 I want their boss to know. I've tried to go in and call, and they're like, "No, we can't talk." We're working. So it's this is like, the this is Joe. This is the United Slaves of America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. guys, we'll edit that out for you. All right, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. So, all right, That's now so cool. I, you guys know already. You've talked to the other guys. You guys have been on WhatsApp together. There's little things flying around and stuff like that. And and I and look, they don't listen to the podcast, man. So. Uh, yeah. I have. Who <laughs> so who do you think is going to be the ones to beat out there, man? Oh, John, you want to do this or no? We're going to have to go with our fellow Wyoming boys. You're being recorded. Ah, ah. <laughs> I, and I, I'm not doubting the other guys. It's just, you know, us Wyoming guys, we know how to hunt. So, Ooh, man. Bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know we're bringing it. Yeah. We know it's all cutting, but it's going to be fun. 
Yeah. I think I mean, everybody can shoot. Everybody has kills under their belt. It's going to be good. Yeah. Well, I, can tell you, I can tell you this right now. Y'all don't want to go to camp in an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of them boys that are large and in charge. Yeah. I, I think I think I think we're doing prison rules. You got to beat up the biggest guy when you get to camp. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey man, if that's the case. I want I want video on that because I'm taking a little side action because I know what I'm taking. That that you know what, though, that that Brett scares me, man. After what he said on that podcast, holy cow, he's got some kahunas. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but man, I tell you what, man, that bow don't care how big you are behind it, man. You send that arrow and you get that booger in, it don't matter what size you are, man. Uh-uh. Everybody's oh, yeah. a loser after that. It's all it's all about heart, determination, yep. and grit, man. Just getting out there and yeah. grinding it. And I tell you what, I haven't seen a group yet that doesn't fit that bill. But you know, you guys have something unique, and and I know, like when we talk about we're all brothers. I mean, me and Chav here have been hunting together. Got you're 39 man that's crazy but at least 39 yeah you you were about 35 when you started yeah (laughs) 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 and just think in another 30 years you might uh, never mind (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) you got got some unique man being brothers do you think that brings something to to the formula for you guys oh yeah i mean we uh we we are we aren't originally from Wyoming and when we moved out here, we hit the ground running and, uh, and we both just hung out in the mountains every day off we had until we had kids. And, uh, um, and, and we just really, really, really tried to learn how to hunt elk. It took us a good five years to figure it out. But, uh, yeah. once we, yeah, we now when you, off. when you say when you had kids, it's just each of you individually, just to kind of clarify here. Yeah, yeah. To clarify. <laughs> watch All, right. Right. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, nowadays you got to ask, man. Hey. You just don't never know. Different culture, man. He's a different Mercy. culture. Different, different yeah. culture. Are those Colorado bulls behind you or Wyoming bulls? These are Wyoming bulls. All oh, local nice. bulls. I've always nice. wanted to hunt in Wyoming. Why Is it all a draw Wyoming? state? Go to Colorado, man. That would uh, no. There's uh there's uh, over the counter for oh. in state that takes it takes four points I think to draw a general tag is not a stater and uh, and we have plenty of draw areas too. Gotcha. So we get to hunt every year, which is really nice. Yeah, Let me see the good. one you got right behind you there. Just, uh, just move a little bit. Oh, yeah. that's, a <laughs> that's my that's my first Pope and Young bull. Yeah. Wow. So you I had it on him. You said you've hit the me. you've hit the ground running, but I also know this man. I know brothers. When there is a disagreement, there's no problem generally talking about that. Y'all, y'all knock heads out there in the woods at all, or you get through it pretty Not really, really? No, we no. just enjoy it. I mean, yeah, just like yeah. me and Manano, same, uh, just all all across. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Travis tripped me up a few times, man, and he's left me to bears twice. He's left That's me. your own fault, dude. You want to stick around and see him. He's a ninja, man. He's gonna be out there. Yeah, you won't even notice. I, I had a bear. I had a bear right in front of me, about twenty yards, popping his teeth, getting all crazy. I turned around, and tell Chav, "Do you see that, Chav?" <laughs> Chap? <laughs> Gandhi. Yeah. Well, guys, man, um, we really are looking forward, and, and it's only now. It's just a matter. It's a couple of weeks away for you, really. Um, you yeah. hit the woods on your own hunt. Uh, make sure that you're posting that stuff. You know, yeah. send us some pics. Let us know how it's going. Cool. And, uh you know, we're, we're excited for you. We want to wish you the best of luck. 
And man, yeah, what you know, unit y'all hunting in in uh, Colorado? Joe edited all this. <laughs> uh, I I don't really know any of the, any of the numbers of the units in Colorado, but the one in the middle of the state. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's yeah. Denver. and we're looking forward to having you guys in camp. I mean, Joe's been awesome. I mean, for a coach, man, you got it, Joe. Thanks, bud. Yeah, that yeah. That's it's really been Nick, look, Cole Wilter, Eric Aragon, all these guys are top-notch individuals, man. So, oh yeah, but we ride um, um, with these guys. It's uh it's going to be a lot of fun. Look, yeah, man, and, and yeah. I've told this to all the teams, right? I mean unique unique opportunity once in a lifetime type deal incredible memories that's what's all about enjoy it man make the most out of it uh just just take it all in man and just store those memories with you for the rest of your lives man and and tell those stories later on that's what's all about yeah yeah we'll do and i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna make sure i ask all of the guys to do this uh, you know but would you guys after the hunt is over come back and join us for a show and yeah. so that we can actually talk about the hunt and all the things that went on in there, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, so that we can share some of those learning experiences, you know, because you guys are coming from Wyoming to New Mexico and you know, it's going to be a little bit different yeah. elk or elk, but a lot different. Just, just the terrain and stuff. So a great uh, idea, Joe. Yeah. I'd, great idea. yeah. I'd love to have you back. If you guys would come join us for a show and just, you know, kick around the campfire with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love it. I'm, I'm excited not to deal with deadfall. I know the train's going to be different, but no deadfall is going to be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of times yeah. we're walking a hundred yards on six foot of deadfall. So we had, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Believe me. Oh, it's awful. Me and Miss, yeah, me you and got volcanic rocks here. Came there. down a whole yeah. mountain full of deadfall. It was horrible. Just, just be ready yeah. for some warm days, cooler nights. So the days, you know, can be, and, and I think yeah. you guys already have that happening up in your part of the world as well. But we'll talk more about that strategy when I see you guys on Thursday, man. That's tomorrow. See you guys tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Right. Thank see you, ya. Joe. Hey, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All the best. All the best. God bless. Awesome, Joe. Another good team from Wyoming. The brothers. Yep. Team JJ going to get after it, buddy. Yeah, the the Waldron brothers, man. The Waldron uh, brothers. You know, I, I, every one of these groups are so cool in their relationships and their hunting relationships, um, where they've been, where they're at right now in the game, their passion for the hunting, the, you know, just wanting to go and really have a good time on this hunt wars. And, you know, Cole, I think you guys, man, are, are, are looking forward to being out there with these guys, huh? Yeah, man, I can't wait, uh, you know, getting to, getting to, you know, get on the podcast with them or really the coaching sessions that you have on, on Thursdays. That's been really cool. And, you know, even talking to the guys, I've talked to a few of them. Uh, they've just called me outright and we've chatted on the phone for hours and hours, you know, and uh, it's been super cool. And I think it's going to be really awesome to be there with all of them in camp and then get to be there through the struggle and the successes and, and all that, I just can't wait, man. It's going to be super cool. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be way awesome. Oh, uh, before we go, there's a couple um, – before we move on, Gilbert, and you get us there, a couple sure. of things that I want to talk about. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys know who Travis O'Shea is. He's from Canada. He's a world champion elk caller, man, uh, a Canuck up there, and an incredible individual. And um, – 
he, uh, when he heard about us going on our hunt and, you know, he knows that we try out all kinds of things, we have stuff going, he wants us to really uh, pull some of his calls out there, the Wapiti River Outdoor calls. And I want you to look at how these look. Wait. Now, yeah. do you see something special right there? Yeah, the, those little uh, cuts on the on the top yeah. section there. Notches. Yeah. Automatic. also... When I saw these, I was like, somebody was thinking, man, because yeah. you don't have to worry about Those, notching these to get a fit on the roof. Because of the they, when they collapse, they just kind of butt against Please. each other like yep. that, mm -hmm. man. Yep. So I was and like, they also somebody, look like they have some sort of double because they have that that uh, that that black rubber in it, but then at the same time, it's got the little Teflon, the white Teflon underneath it too. Mm. So so what's got a dome? That's, that, that's the skirt that tape, the and dome? then yeah, and you got the dome there, and then the latex underneath. It's a little bit, and one thing that you'll see is that latex a little bit forward more than what you might see on a Phelps call like that. And and we love the Phelps calls, and what we're going to do is I'm we're going to give these a run out there. I mean he. He sent, man, I mean, we got calls coming and, cool. uh, I mean, yeah, the, Shuffler, the kryptonite, no. he's, got, he's, the, uh, he's got, the, I don't, got the Patriot and, uh, if I don't you want any used ones, okay. Hey, I've, I've got one for you. I got one. Okay. For you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Mine's in the box here. I ain't yeah. I got yeah. I, uh, I got a good one for Joe is the only one that digs that kind of stuff, man. I, uh, uh, uh. Look, it's it's amazing the extent I will go to. There's no get doubt. To an elk, Luis. No, absolutely. No you know, absolutely. I wouldn't do that for you. Take, just say so take you know. it for the. Yeah. I mean, but there's there's some people that do whatever it takes to get an elk, and there's those people that, you know. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know? No, you can do whatever it takes to get me an elk. I'm cool with that. <laughs> uh, well, look, I, I got a pile full of calls with me too, Joe, but I'd like to, you know, honk on one when I'm up there and see how yep. it sounds. Absolutely. I, I, yep. You know, um, we'll have a couple of days. Uh, yeah. It gets rolling. Here's a, here's the first example, man. Okay. And off of the soloist, man. Oh, and by the way, Everybody that calls is going to have a soloist in camp, man. Oh, that man, Manano's the only one that's not getting it. <laughs> wow. That sounds good, dude. That is good. That sounds yeah. good. Sounds sweet, so. doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How's the cow, cow, cow sound? I was sound just You know, it has a really cool buzz to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Kind of like an older, older type as just more raspy yeah. cow type. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, sounds, I, and I think that has to do like with that. Most black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? This is and what I like about these. Most of his calls are are both cow and um and bull oriented man and you got like some that. that's a little bit softer some that's a little bit mm -hmm. thicker but you mm -hmm. know uh i you know I'm, I'm real anxious and and giving them a run and and uh god i don't know what i think i blew out my mic am i sounding a little loud there okay uh -huh. that's better all right so um i'm real excited to give those puppies a run and and Travis, man, he's just incredible. As soon as he heard we were using, he just threw a bunch in our box. Said, "Here, y'all try these, man." And That's awesome, dude. He's a great cool. guy, great guy. And and. Cool. We'll have some other surprises with Travis later on too, man. So Ooh. that's that's yet to be talked about. Oh, and I got a, a I get a letter today from these gentlemen, and uh, I want to show you the picture on here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I'm gonna go ahead and pin myself so that it's like snow, so everybody can see this. 
Yeah, well, that's the, that's the same time hunting as we did last year, bro. Last year, gotcha. you know, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I, I want to read this uh, to you guys, and it says, uh, um, "Dear Joe, Chav, Big O, and Manano, greetings from a couple of your grinders <laughs> in." What are are you looking back? What's wrong, Luis? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just don't know if this what you're about to read is about to make us a bit emotional so I'm trying to laugh to avoid crying so, uh, <laughs> no, I, I just had to do that man he has to, uh, I know you I know you better Joe you go Manano and Luis greetings from a couple of your grinders in Iowa Dean and Jason and Kentucky Dan and Bob so we have guys from Iowa and guys from Kentucky there. There were a couple of instances in your early podcast episodes where you mentioned caramels from the monastery at Dubuque, Iowa. Oh, yeah. Anybody remember Dubuque, that? Yeah. Huh? Uh-huh. The right. Trappistine. Trappistine caramels, yeah. Yeah, none, out there, none, man. Trappistine nuns. Given we are only weeks away from getting into the woods, I thought we'd share some of the real treats for you guys to take on your adventure in Colorado. Best of luck, fellas. This year will be a new experience outside of New Mexico. Uh, I'll finish the letter, but wow. look what. Yeah, so this <laughs> will be going some Trappistines? Trappistine so caramels. Cool, yeah. They oh, said wow. some caramels. They said listening to your podcast and learning from your base camp training app has been a blessing for the four of us as we are new to elk hunting. Joe, I must have purchased base camp on your birthday as you offered a free app to Dan. Thank you again. We both took maximum advantage of the training this year. The content is phenomenal. I really enjoy the progression of the modules and your coaching style. The variety and the way the content is presented offers everyone a chance to learn in their own way at their own pace. Now we must put boots on the ground and implement what we've learned. I still try to listen to all your podcast episodes. I enjoy the camaraderie and good-hearted humor. It's easy to see how much each of you care for one another. <laughs> I really hope Chad <laughs> is able to get out and have that full experience this year after such a challenging year from a health perspective. Buddy, you just watch. Um, you all are so giving of your time and knowledge. We appreciate all you do looking forward to many more episodes enjoy the caramels and the fellowship with each other jason dolash dean brainerd dan reamer and bob rothrock how jason, cool is that? Dean, right on, dan guys. And bob thank you guys Man, appreciate thank you, very thank you guys much, i don't know that those caramels are going to make it to camp <laughs> if you sent them to joe but uh yeah. well, actually, uh, thank you anyway I, I want you to know they will be at camp but a lot of us will be in camp on the 31st and yeah get there till yeah. you know yeah gonna be gonna gets there before anybody then they're not gonna make it for sure right. Man, it's like the brownies. They ain't going to make it. Luis. I'm just yeah. going to tell on Kelly if, you know, if you, you eat my brownies, that's that's really going to be an issue sick. there if you eat my brownies. <laughs> Gilbert, what time is it, bro? Guys, y'all know what time it is. It's time for uh, your bro. Shout out to a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week, Joe. Yes, sir. And first up, we're going to start our shout-outs with a tip from the old Billy Goat himself. Billy right? Goat. Bob Collins, here he is, man. Let's share this puppy. Hey, guys, it's the old Billy Goat with another tip for you. 
Hey, I want to talk to you this week about romance. Hey, don't hit that mute button like I'm a bad Geico commercial. Hear me out, guys. Hey, what I do is I get cards. Get one for your wife and each of your kids. Uh, I go. I prefer the blank ones on the inside. Write something in it personal. All right, guys. You know, their home hold down the forest while we're out playing. So I make it all out before I even leave home. It's all made out. Stamps on it, ready to go. And I drop it in the post office box or a post office just before I go up in the mountains. They'll get it three, four days later. And it's the fact that you wrote something personal in there, guys, to each one of them really makes their day. So, guys, that's your tip from the old Billy Goat. Get them a card, all right? See ya. Pure wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wisdom like wow. a tree. Hey guys, it's the old Billy. Absolutely, Goat. man. I think I think hey. that is just. Uh, I, I, and and I want to say, Pure you wisdom. know, he kept saying guys and stuff uh, for our lady hunters out there as well, man. Yeah. You know, and but the only thing is, is I really don't think we have to tell our lady hunters out there because there are a lot of times they're more thoughtful than we are. I think you know. No doubt perspective so that's a great tip right there oh my god gold that's <laughs> yeah. gold i'm doing it Sweet. i'm starting a company awesome way cool luis you're up all right man give me a second here this week's top listening city was named by early settler sydney evans after his hometown in new york the city is the 16th largest city in Wisconsin and comprises six square miles. This uh, is also home to the original cheese, Cheesecake Factory. Money Magazine named this city 17th in its 2017 Best Places to Live in America. This is New Berlin, Wisconsin. New Berlin, Wisconsin. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. I love me some Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so good. But it's kind of like Cabela's, man. I mean. You, yeah, you, you, put, you spend your whole wad right there. Cabela's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't walk into Cabela's without, you know, getting, getting into my ass wallet. I promise you. <laughs> I, I get those I get those gift cards. Everybody in the family gives you those gift cards, man. It's like I, I, I put them in a collection box every year till I get something so I can go, <laughs> I can yeah. go buy yeah. something, man. Yeah. You know, like oh, Cabela's, yeah. Hey, Cole, take the next one. Oh, yeah. All right. This top listing city is known as America's farm to fork capital because the area ships uh, produce and over the nation and has uh, over 40 local farmers markets stock full of local produce located where the American River and the Sacramento River uh, cross. It is also called the City of Trees and the Big Tomato. It is home to the NBA's king and the state's capital of California, which is Sacramento, California. Sacramento in the house. Yeah. Yeah, so far from Wisconsin to California. Yeah, Big man. Tomato. Sacramento. Uh, yeah, you, this, was, this was originally for Monano. Did you do that on purpose? Because... 
It would have been, it would have been interesting to see how he would have said porn or no. And and look, man, this is so so. Elbros has been educational, not only not only on the hunting aspect of things, but I've learned pronunciation as well. So that's there is a word there in that thing that I did not pronounce properly in the past, and it's uh, produce. Uh, yeah. I would have I would have pronounced that before Joe corrected me. Produce, produce, and uh, so I <laughs> I was then taught that there's a difference between produce and produce, and so right. yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's so educational. English is sucks. I'm telling you, it's hard, man. Let, let it be said. Let it be said. Let it be noted. So it is written that had I really been after Manano. I would have put him on the one that Gilbert's about to do. <laughs> Gilbert, let him, let him know why. Go ahead. This next top listening city is located on Florida's east coast between Fort Pierce and West Palm Beach, just out of Port St. Lucie. <laughs> it was once known as the pineapple capital of the world, and it still holds the annual pineapple festival. The large public beach has beautiful <laughs> blue-green, crystal clear water, providing a family-friendly area. It's also known for its seafood and intensive fine dining in Jensen Beach, Florida. On Jensen the East Coast Beach. side. Jensen what? Side. Jensen Beach, Florida. Jensen Beach, Florida. <laughs> Jensen, <laughs> Jensen yeah. huh? See? Yeah. See? Yeah. Right. Jensen now, Beaches. Now, let, let me hear how considered I was being right there. Yeah, the yeah you were. You were. There's still a little bit of malice there with the produce, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you what. I am writing that down because I am one seafood-loving booger, man, and man i tell you what i yeah i love seafood as well yep yeah I'm, so I'm on a seafood wisconsin diet. california yep florida, florida man. man yeah right on big old lake okeechobee man when i go to okeechobee i'm gonna go to jensen beach for sure here we go next up this top listening city is known as the farm toy capital of the world and is home to the National Farm Toy Museum. The popularity of these toys over the years has supported two large toy shows, which are held every June and November. The 1989 film, Field of Dreams, was filmed on a nearby farm. Love that movie, man. Build it and they will come. On August 12, 2021, Major League Baseball hosted a game between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees on this facility. Did you guys see that? Wow. Did you see that? They actually, as they, they come out of the field, uh, out of the cornfield onto the ball, good. it was lit, man. I yeah. mean, it was totally legit to see that. That's and cool. this is in Dyersville, Iowa. Dyersville, uh, Iowa. Dyersville, Iowa, man. I mean, from East Coast to West Coast, clean to the Upper Midwest, man. <laughs> yep. Here we go in the heartland of America. The name of this southern coastal city is of French origin, meaning good air. Hometown to governor and the 31st United States Dang Secretary on. of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. The nearby sea is remarkably calm and conditions are ideal for diving and snorkeling. 
on average, the water temperature is 80 degrees Fahrenheit and visibly, invisibility exceeds 100 feet. Wow. Rank, ranked the ninth best place to visit in the month of July in Bonaire, Georgia. Bonaire, Georgia. Bonaire, Georgia. I, you know, I've been, because I'm... Forget Georgia has a coast. Yeah, and I, I've been in that area because I lived up in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, and I've been down to Hilton Head, Georgia, down in there. But I never, and, you know, when they were talking about the visibility being over 100 feet and the water conditions for diving, this here is a gem, man, that I've never even known about. So Bonaire, that's, that's a place to go right there. That's a sure. destination. A destination for, like I said, if you forget, Georgia got a coast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. All right, guys, here we go. Let's rock into the content for tonight. Absolutely. Um, up next on our series, this is our series, Archery Elk Hunting from Response to Release, Connecting the Dots. I think everybody knows what um, the whole purpose of this show is now. If you're joining us, the whole idea was to take those major points on a hunt that are always talked about and fill in the gray areas in between, those questions that come up, a lot of those variables that happen. And, and there's no way we can hit every variable, but there's things that definitely come up that are going to help you prepare, even if the variable is a little bit different on there. And tonight, we're going from before you see that elk to there he is to he's in range. And I don't know if we'll get to taking the shot and that part of it, but that's the flow that we're going to be going in um, as we go here. And let me tell you what, guys, man, our, our last episode that we set on day one on Elk Bros record of downloads and listens, man. I mean, it just slams. So um, cool. you can tell there's a lot of people out there that have those questions, those, those, you know, those thought processes about, well, this, what if this happens or that, you know, and, and trying to really put it together and to get a better feel. So, all right. So let's talk about that elk is coming in but you haven't seen them yet. Some of those variables, some of those thoughts, those things going through the head or some things that could happen there that, that people are going to encounter. And, uh, you know, like for example, you know, we haven't seen them yet. And I know most people when they're there, when they're in the woods and, and remember we're already in our setup, right? I mean, we've already talked about that. So we're in our setup. We just haven't seen that elk, you know, that we know is coming in, whether it's a setup that has been in, engaging or non-engaging. And, and that's a whole nother podcast. But whether whatever strategy we're using, whether we have directly engaged that that bull, let's say bull, because we're going to deal with bulls right now. We're not going to deal with cows right now. Um, you... <laughs> If you listen to our strategies, you can always call a cow in as well if that's what you're hunting. But, yeah. you know, if you haven't seen that bull yet, whether you engaged him directly or whether you're putting on a scenario that he is responding to, and that can happen as well. That's non-engaging. That's when we are not really talking to that bull. We're doing our own thing. But you know, you know, you've heard him, and, and all of a sudden there's always that moment of doubt. Like you haven't heard the bull. Is that bull coming in? Did he hang up? Is he going mm -hmm. away? You know, and especially for a new hunter that they don't, 
trust or believe in their calling ability. And a lot of times they start having that doubt of, you know, what's going on. So most people are not sure what to do at that point. Okay, so the question is, should I call to verify his location or should I stay silent? And, and let's talk about solo and partner. We'll, we'll handle both of them. So, I mean, obviously, you, I guess you have an inkling to know that he is coming. Is yeah. that right, Joe? Right. You know, you maybe heard him come in or uh, maybe he sounded off to you. I, I just wonder how long have you not heard well, anything? Let, let's know? say that we've probably heard him and, you know, coming from a point, maybe 200 to about the 150 mark. Mm -hmm. um, he's probably not. He might even be almost to that 100 yard mark, but we haven't seen the bull yet. So it's either that and 100 solo? yard mark. What's that? And you're, and you're solo? And let's let's deal with solo first. So I'm solo, quiet. and I haven't seen. Do I? What do I do? Yeah, I'm being quiet. quiet. I'm waiting. Being Wait. patient. And, and why do you now? You picked solo for that, Luis, and <clears throat> and you said you're staying quiet. Why did you hit that? Well, the question of the solo is because uh, if you're not solo, if you were a partner. Uh, you, you have the luxury of that Leave partner him. being behind you yeah, and then probably away. trying to kind of pull him a little further because that bull may be a little bit hung up and may be doubtful. And so, but if you, if you call and you're solo and that bull is kind of hung up, now he's going to hang up even more because he's going to he feel like he should see you yeah. and he doesn't. And now he's going to pinpoint your exact location, right? So, you, right there is where I think you hit the nail on the head. Yes. Is, yes. is It doesn't even have to be a hung up bull, man. Remember, mm -hmm. oh, any bull. Yeah. Any, any bull. I mean, he's wanting to like, see something. He might just be getting ready to pop yeah. into your vision, or maybe yeah. a little bit <laughs> off to the right or a little bit off to the left, and, and you're looking in a different direction. You haven't caught movement yet. But if you're solo, and as soon as you give make a, a deep right it's really important joe though if you are going to make a sound it's got to be behind you you got to get your Absolutely. bugle tube you got to get your bugle tube up and throw it behind you and very softly not something that's going to make him lose his mind you know um yeah. but your volume again, can you simulate distance yeah you you, you got to wait i mean i harken back to one time you and I were in bulls all morning, Joe, and we had this bull coming up. I mean, he's coming up from us and he is on a rope. We've seen him come through the trees and he is letting out bull bugles and bugles and bugles. And we're in a little big jack pine, uh, just a little stand of jack pine, Joe and I are. And this bull is just hot. I mean, blowing up, you know, and then, man, he gets within, I don't know, well, I do know now he was 50 yards from us and he just shuts up and doesn't say a word. I mean, not a word. And Joe's actually done exactly what you said. I mean, every few seconds, Joe would let out a little cow call behind us, behind us, behind us. And then we waited and waited. And Joe's like, man, I know he was coming you know and so joe steps out in the jack pines and the bull is standing in the road looking looking at joe i mean 50 you know not 45 50 yards from us he's looking dead at joe and all we needed to do was stay quiet and stay right there and he probably walks right by us at 10 or 12 yards you know yeah. and it was it was something that i learned and joe did too i'm sure he's like man Absolutely. we just 
but we were running and gunning that morning. I mean, going into set after set and bulls were firing up everywhere. And Joe's like, ah, don't, don't even worry about that bull. Let's go to the next one. At, at that time, Joe knew that we, we'd both, you know, made a mistake and not, and not just played it uh, to where we're patient, you know, but at the time it didn't matter. We were going through every different, so many, every, yeah, I mean, we so had bulls, bulls blowing up here. It, it really didn't matter. We like, could blow that one up. We go to the next one. We go yeah. next, except for when Joe ready to go to the next one, it might be another thousand, 1500 feet, which that's the way it was. We got to go up, you know, to keep <laughs> going at him. So for me, he's dragging me up those hills, you know? So for me, I needed to get it done right then. <laughs> uh, big O was, he was sucking wind, I promise you. But, dude, what an amazing, what an amazing opportunity to be able to get in those that many sets. You know, as long as I've hunted with Joe, we've always made our own opportunities because we're very aggressive. And you know, I had to get myself into where I could do that. You know, there's not there were come when I first started elk hunting, there was no way I could get into that. You know, yeah. and uh, for me, it's important for me to be able to go sh really short, hard bursts. And then seal the deal when it's time, you know. All right, let's uh, let's circle back to we're in that setup though, man. Yeah. And you know, we we've got that and and all of us have been there. I I mean it you get itchy, man, because we want things in our time. We don't want things <laughs> in an elk's time. And and I tell you, when those bulls are coming in like that, it a lot of times you know, you guys have seen it. I mean, Chav, that time that you know, we popped up that the old, you know, uh uh, decoy where I got silhouetted and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you got an opportunity to really see how those bulls were acting. I mean, they're looking up, they're feeding our direction, but they're like feeding in their time. They're coming, but it, at that time, their mental state wasn't, and because of what we were doing, their mental state wasn't to come hauling in. Mm -hmm. You know, they were making their way, and a lot of times that happens. And and it depends on the bull and it depends on that bull's mode. You know, a lot of times some of those bulls are just like, they're really checking in an area because Chill. it could be mm -hmm. a young bull that's gotten his butt kicked and, you know, he's like being a little bit careful, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't know what's going on with that, but you need that patience. And sometimes it's like, man, and, and we, and we want that, just that confirmation. Okay. He's still coming in. He's still coming in. Right. We, we, we would love to have that booger like, Whoa! screaming the whole time. Oh, yeah. in, right. You <laughs> yeah. know, that's what we live for, but it doesn't always happen that way. And, and Luis hit the nail on the head. Gilbert did too. If you're going to call, you need to call back behind you. And now let me tell you, a lot of you guys out there, the call you've got the bat style grunt tube. So basically, you know, you've got this style bunt of grunt tube with you uh, here. And one thing I would tell you is if you have this and you're going to be calling behind you, uh, what you need to do is you need to have that tube behind you. You need to do that call and then you need to drop that tube right down beside you and bring it down in this direction just like that or you know because you're going to have your bow like this and you're going to call with this right here you need to drop it right down just like this and making sure that you're not doing this you do not want to be doing this with your tube okay as soon as you've done a call however you've done it i don't know this is pretty impossible that's why i like a flexible so if you're going to be doing something like this you're going to call back drop it down and get it back with within the line of your body so it's not doing a lot of movement there's a huge tip for you right there and then man you know i don't know 
if you're going to set it down, what you're going to do with that puppy. Yeah. But I'm telling you, most of you guys are going to have to set this down unless you have something. You're not able to go ahead and stick that in your pack. You're not going to be able to turn and stick it in the side. I would tell you, and you had better be sharp if when this happens if you get up to move you grab your grunt tube first it's in your mind because you need to drop it here and you get it down to the ground set it right by you so that you can get it up if you need to and take it back there if you need to but that way you're ready if you see that bull come in is little bit of movement because once you make that sound that bull is doing this and if he's someplace you haven't seen him yet he's looking for movement and if you do this you know, if you start waving it around, he's going to bust you. So that's something for you to think about there. That's yeah, he's, dire he's directed his, his attention at the sound. So he's looking in that general area. So if you're making any extra movement, you know, he's yeah. going to catch that. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I had a question about, you know, Gil when you and Gilbert encountered that bull, where was the wind? What was the direction of the wind? Was right it a face. So yeah, it was right a face. face. Mm -hmm. Right in our face, man. Yeah. He had no clue we were there other okay. than he'd heard us make that sound. And he's waiting. Okay. Well, an elk's going to walk out any minute. You know, where in the heck is he? You know, and, and look, it was a bigger bull. So he's probably been had before, you know. So he, he's like, I'm not going any closer till I see me a, a white butt or something. And, and let me tell you something else he did, man, was he took the path of least resistance. He had come we, out of the road. Off the road, in past, you know how those jack pines get in the line like yeah. that? They yeah. kind of get in the line. We go on to the other side of the jack pines thinking he's going to come in through the cover and he takes the path of least resistance. We should have actually set up on that on that road looking down there with the shooting lane and then finding another shooting lane to another angle with the wind coming in our face that was yeah. a big mistake because we did not take he had to have stepped out before he'd be at a scan and a stop and scan location and we messed that up well to to no but to your to to say that we messed up we really didn't because when we popped out right there you cow called and he just hammered us i mean he was right there we had no clue he'd probably heard our setup before you know yep. and he was coming in and when we got there just before we got to the road you let out a, a cow call and then one with your bugle tube and he just i mean he was right there so let's let's, let's take it a step further gilbert and, yeah. and guys man so if we're saying should I call to verify his location? Sometimes it helps to be silent. If that time it, it, goes for a little bit and you're not hearing a crack, you're not hearing a footstep, you're not hearing a log roll, a rock, anything like that, a breaking of a branch, you're not hearing yeah. any of that, and you just get to the point where, hmm, I'm not sure, well, go ahead and then give that, but do yeah. that sound like we're telling you about. Now, sure. if I do call, what calls do I use? Yeah, I want to do something real, oh, I, real soft. Go ahead, Cole. I, yeah. Okay. So, uh, being that I've hunted a lot solo, um, this is what I would do all the time. And this is without, this is a call and, and this is a unisex call, right? This is a cow or a bull noise. Mm -hmm. I will always, whenever I'm by myself and I think, okay, I'm within that range to where if I make a sound, he's going to pinpoint me and know exactly where I'm at and kind of shut me, you know, lock me down. Right. I always keep like a big rock or something in my other hand and I will try to chunk that thing in the opposite direction or uh, on the downwind side and just to give him a confirmation also that, Oh, there's it, you know, they're over there or that's an elk. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he'll just bugle at that noise oh, yeah. at the rock or Shock just, mm -hmm. yeah. Chunk a 
chunk of a stick or something and hit some bushes 20 yards to my left or something like that. And you'd be surprised at what kind of response he'll give you um, without having to make a cow call or a bugle. Yeah, I, uh, uh, one of the calls, one of the things that you can do, man, is is by stomping the ground, rolling a rock, mm -hmm. breaking a twig, you know, yes. sound like a group of elk that's yeah. moving through an area. And, and man, that sells it. That sells it right there. A lot like what Cole's saying there, you know, if you if you throw that and, and give it that sound, you can, if you don't get anything from that, you can just, and when you talk about unisex, a calf call, man, is one of those things that you can put oh, out there that's not a threatening mm -hmm. call. Now, when they talk about what call should I use, you really got to go back to what call was that bull responding to in the Bond first place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, mm -hmm. if we're very cow oriented in our calls first we are lovers before we're a fighter man and if you think about that fact if you think about the fact of you know what is on this bull's mind what is going to attract that bull first well, who is it that is creating you know the atmosphere of who they're going to breed with right who you know it is the cow so we're always cow oriented first that doesn't mean that if we get a bull and we actually have because we find out that they are lighting up with bull sounds because we had that happen, man. We've had yeah. certain years where we can cow call, cow call, nothing. We got a location bugle, man, it just lights up, right? Yeah. And so we find that that's what they're looking for, but we've already introduced a cow. So that gives us the ability to do few things and listen to what that bull is doing we're we're actually reading his temperature is he starting to you know is he starting to get a little bit more aggressive is he toning up is he starting to add some inflection is he getting louder is he cutting us off when we're making sounds is he demonstrate bugle is he doing a long lip ball you know what kind of sounds is he doing to tell us what his temperament is so what calls you use is according to where you how you got to that position in the first place you know yeah. if you've got a bull that you've introduced a cow or a cow and a calf and you've got him coming in and he does that little contact bugle that they do to try to locate just where are you type thing you know mm -hmm. that <laughs> Just one of those, yep. you know, there, you don't want to go screaming at that guy or if he just gives mm -hmm. a little location of here I am, you know, right where I'm at, just making contact with those cows as he's coming, kind of advertising his move as he's coming in. Or if he throws a little roundup bugle, tell him, come over here, you know, yeah, come yeah. to me, mm -hmm. you know, then you don't want to throw a challenge bugle out there. You don't want to introduce a bull that's mm -hmm. not needed at that point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's. You know, what you should do is what got you there. Don't forget yeah. what got you to the dance in the first place. Yeah, and in this scenario we're, we're talking about, Chav and I had this happen to us. We actually snuck into a, a group of elk, snuck through a bunch of cows and stuff like that and got close to a barrier, and <laughs> we seen some bulls that we needed to cross a barrier. We needed to call them across, and they got within – man 12 feet of us okay and they were very leery because the wind was swerving and they'd catch our scent every now and then and that booger them and they'd move away from us 50 60 yards and every time they'd move away from us i'd take my bugle tube and just very softly sound like a calf and a cow behind me and then one of the bulls 
let out a little bit of a bugle. So I, I did the same thing. I just, that was it. And man, that they all came running back, you know, and they got right in there on us. And then before you knew it, you know, we just sat there and sat there and said, it took a long time for this to materialize. I mean, this is an hour We're, and we got eyes on them, Joe, and they got eyes on us, you know, so we can't move. We can't do anything. I mean, it was, it was painful, you know, so they decided they're going to leave. And then I, I called them back with just a few little soft cow calls and they're, they're, they're curious because they're hearing it behind me. Right. right and they're right. like, where in the world is that cow? You know, mm-hmm. and I, now I hear a bull over there with them. So let's go find out. Here they come. And, that was it that you know we killed a bull out of that set. but but the cool thing though is the the bull that you introduced yeah you don't know what that temperament of that bull is it wasn't it wasn't something sure. where he, you know it was a low guttural you know kind of like just a check just a check well i'm right here like he's reaching out to the cows going where are you you know what i mean yeah and just yeah. that little grunt that little uh you know uh little frustrated sound there of another bull coming in to work the area letting them know yeah. where he's at so yeah yeah i mean it yeah. worked it worked amazing and, and, and you know we could have blew it up out just as and, fast yeah. we'd have challenged them they'd have all ran off mm-hmm. you know i mean serious because they were all younger bulls with a bigger bull in there but i mean and and that bigger bull he was not he was very annoyed that he wasn't seeing the cows over there right he was like he knew something was up you know all right let's take it a step further you do the call Mm -hmm. you know because you're trying to check you're staying with the same call what if he doesn't answer should you move and go look for him depends on how long you hadn't got an answer you know i'm i'm waiting 30 minutes and and how on how close he's sounding yeah yeah, how how close was the last time you thought he was? Is yeah, it yards. You know, if he was still at that one fifty, I think I'm gonna creep forward just a little bit and mm-hmm. you know try to get eyes on him or, or something. Um, and then if not, I'm gonna call where I was and then I'm gonna press forward a little bit. If the cover allows and I've got room to move, then I'm gonna creep up for sure. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably cow call or whatever got him the last response. Yeah. And then I'm going to move my location just a little bit. Yeah, you could actually, you know, we've talked about this, Cole. You could actually, if you feel like he's still at that, you know, 60, 80, 100 yard mark, you could actually go behind, you know, leave and go behind you softly cow calling and sounding like a bull that's following that cow and then push back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, Shut yeah, up I, and push back up. I, I actually think because, Cole, I'm real overly aggressive a lot like you are. But I blow a lot of situations making that call (laughs) and then moving up to try to get my eyes on him. And most of the time, it ends up like what Gilbert said. That bull is just standing there looking at me because he's been coming most of the time. So it's a real tough one. I'm like Gilbert, though. I like to kind of, you know, throw those calls back and and act like I'm moving away and make sure I've got a good, quiet path and then come forward again. And, right. and now slip up instead See, of making a call in. there and then slipping forward, I'm going to yeah. do going away more and know where I'm coming back to, because I've seen that area. I know what it looks like. I know it a little bit better. So, but I've been, you know, Cole, exactly what you've said is yeah. I've done that a lot of times and I've paid the price a lot of times <laughs> on that. Sure, I don't, sure. There's not many times unless it's a real open area. Um, and, 
man, and I still, man, I've gotten busted so many times where you think you know where that bull is, and you and you get that tunnel vision, yeah, in that certain area, and next thing you know, you Blows catch it in front of you. Yeah, he's up there on the side, man, just standing there watching you, you <laughs> yeah. know, trying yeah. to sneak by. I, I mean, it's it's they're happened. so slick, man. Oh man, it's happened time and again. So I I really think that if you called and he hasn't answered you i think a lot of the reasons for that is now you're in that bubble and that's a that's a critter that is going to be real cautious because he's not sure what and for and generally if that happens it's not because you cow call generally it's because you were doing bull calls that's and right. he's coming in to really check to make sure he's not going to get his butt kicked it's probably a mm-hmm. younger bull you know, yeah, and if you know. if you just start cow calling away and it's sounding like another bull that's falling or maybe throw in some, you know, some panning and some like a little rut scenario going on as you're going away, he may feel a whole lot more, you know, uh, he may feel a whole lot more safer rolling up in there from behind like a satellite would. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think we've learned from past experiences, like Joe's saying, that there is a time to press forward. But when you feel like one's hanging up, it's probably not a good idea to just throw caution to the wind and get in there unless it's a last dis- ditch effort, right? Yeah. Um, and, and back out and see if you can get him to follow. Grinders tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our Base Camp Elk Hunting Training Camp, the first in a series of online courses from our Blue Collar Elk Academy. Our Base Camp Training Camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels. This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds the elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead, the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because, y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And Base Camp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15 year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S dot Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. And, you know, you can use some of those lost cow calls going that way, oh or you can God. use that those herd up calls. In other yeah. words, the, those gathering 
type of mews that those cows do like when they get out there and they start doing those gathering Mm -hmm. mews out there and yeah you start you start really trying to pull them back in then that bull might feel like oh man you know and especially if it's a young bull it might pull them in like that so that's something for you to think about okay all right now let's take it to another scenario man i still don't see the bull but he sounds like, and that's because you can hear him calling. You haven't seen him, but because of his call, he sounds like he's moving to my downwind side, right? What do I do? Got to go. Got to get. You can't let him get there. You've got to try to get to. If you think he's moving to your downwind side, you better get around because if he ever smells you, the game's over. Probably the best way to do is is back out. And then, you know, instead of just going directly to to the downside, you know, potentially having him see you, you may want to back out, creating some more distance and maybe just kind of reset on. But see, in your in your mind, you you closed your eyes already and you have a picture of uh, of a place you've been when that's happened. Right. So you're actually seeing a particular vegetation, a particular layout, and you're saying, Mm -hmm. well, I got to back off and let these trees get there. And so really it depends on, it depends on what the vegetation looks like. It depends on how the the terrain is. I agree. And I'm thinking, and I'm honestly thinking bow hunting and because we're bow hunting, we're in, you know, in dark timber, timber, and and so that's kind of the scenario I have in my head when you're asking this question, right? Right. right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, if I don't see him, Joe, generally, if I don't see him, he ain't seeing me either. So well, it's a partner like, situation, yeah. and not solo in that situation. And you feel yeah. like that bull's moving to the downwind side. You got to try to pull him the other way. And who's going to pull him the other? Uh, no, the 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 collar. The collar is going to move yeah. the opposite For direction sure. to try to pull it For that sure. direction. That, that's right. The, the yeah. shooter should stay shut put. Up. Yeah, and shut yeah, so, so it's important that the the uh, the caller knows where the shooter's at and have some type of uh, visual contact. Because it kind of remind it kind of reminds you of that that year that you killed that uh, weird bull with the, the the baseball bat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. I was on the edge looking at the at the bulls. You know, two three hundred yards away, and uh, when the three bulls just broke off from the main group and just made a huge circle and I could see them and I thought, Oh, they're gone, but they were circling around and we're going to come downwind of you. Right. Until they spot, until they spotted me. Cause there's, there's a burn area. You know, there's right. no vegetation of any kind. That first group of bulls. So, right. Yeah. So I actually saw, you know, the bulls in action. Now if it would have been a regular area with, with vegetation, I never would have seen them and they would have appeared to my right. Mm. But since there was no vegetation, they still made that big circle, you know, the big, and you were still concentrating on the bull bugling in front of me. So, uh, you know, they do that quite often. And going back to that, that uh, decoy that we used that one time where you got silhouetted, you know, I had a visual on them the whole time and yeah. they used, they used that wind of perfection, but they just moved mm. very slowly. And they didn't, I don't think they even bugled at all, did they? No, no but, but, the, but here's they the were difference. Coming. Here's the yeah. difference in those two situations. In the one with the, with the bull that you're talking about, Chab, that was two bulls engaged. And I mean, we were verbally battling each other. So those oh, younger, younger, yeah. 
so those younger bulls, man, are worried about getting their butt kicked. So they're really circling to try to see and try to scent check a little bit and really being careful about coming into that scenario where when you talk about the scenario with the with the decoy that decoy is a cow decoy and yeah. and i'm using cow sounds i'm using muse and so there's nothing intimidating about that to those guys they're not worried about getting their butt kicked man mm-hmm. they got a cow in front of them man they're just going to come straight in so that kind of tells you a little bit too about uh, an aggressive situation versus a cow being attracted i mean a bull being attracted by cow calls coming in you know, that's, and Jeff that's, said something, you know, he kind of slid it in there. But again, wisdom is like they use the wind perfection. They do. And I don't know how much we can stress that uh, on this show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and unless we are willing to learn how to use the wind to perfection, we are going to be very limited in opportunities. So, but one thing, the point I'm trying to make though, Luis, is, no, no, I, is, yeah. is and, I, and you're totally right, but the point yeah. I want to make is you're going to get a lot more bulls circling when you're engaging them as a bull than when you're engaging them as a cow. A cow, right. Yes, right. yes. So, um, yes. And the other thing is you're going to get less bulls circling to come into you when you are not engaging them. In other words, when you're doing a uh, a scenario, when we're doing our own little um, uh, cow or little rut scene, a cow in you know that wants to breed, right? When we're doing that with another bull, or if we're doing a little rut fest, or we're doing uh, you know a bull engaged with another bull themselves, then we actually have them because it's not engaging them. It's not like you know, they're having to worry about it. It's like the bull, if a bull is engaged with a cow and we're giving those breeding sounds, we're giving those huffs, puns, uh, huffs, puffs, the pants, <laughs> you know, the whines, we're giving the glunks like that, then they're going to come right in, man, because that is a non-threatening scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the potential threat is limited in that area, yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. Any, anytime you have you know, bulls coming into a threatening situation, they're really going to circle to be able to see what that is. Unless unless they are a herd bull that's just firing the eyes, pissed off, and want to come in and fight, man. If if they think they're going to kick your butt, they don't care. They're going to come in. If Mm -hmm. they're worried about getting their butt kicked, they're going to circle. Yeah, that was that that happened in that same scenario, that that bull with a baseball bat on one side. He got so mad, he just went straight at you, you know, at a a fast trot. So that was pretty amazing. That was the, you know, in that in that one hunt, in that matter of 45 minutes, there were so many lessons learned by the different types of bulls and the way they reacted to me yeah. and that bull being engaged with each other. Yeah. And, and then you, you take the, almost the exact same area the next year with a decoy and cow calling, and you saw how those bulls come, I mean, trotting right straight into that cow decoy, man, because, sure. yeah, there was no threat there, mm-hmm. right? So you're in your setup and the bull busted out a bugle closing in you haven't seen him yet 
but he's way closer. So, you know, now it's just the opposite, man. It's not like, you know, we heard him far away and we're like, hmm, where is he? Now, man, he's busted out a bugle like you just haven't seen him, but he's just right there. So do you respond to that? Oh, let him come on. Solo, if you're solo, let him come on, man. Let him come on. I wouldn't respond at all, man. I would not a one word. Mm-mm. No, I watched the master do it. My that bull that's right here, that bull was that way. We got him fired up. Joe got him so mad that rascal come roaring up that freaking hill, and we never said a word. And we were waiting on him like a thief in the night, son. He come walking up through there, and Joe stopped him forty eight yards, and it was over. I mean, serious business. That. That bull. Now we had, we did have a decoy uh, up, up past him, you know. But yeah, I don't know that he attention. ever saw the decoy. Yeah, but the thing is, is a lot of guys that will get nervous, man. When they get that bull that's like screaming in their face, some people will just. And and I was talking to a buddy of mine said that you know they had a bull coming in. The bull's walking right into the shooter, yeah. and you know as he's walking in, the bull bugles, and so his caller screams, man, right at him, right like like a crazy bugle right at him, <laughs> and, and and stopped him up, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "Why you do that? He's coming right to me." And he, the guy was like. I just lost my cookies, man. I didn't know what to do. I got so excited when he screamed. I just threw out a bugle because he did, man. It just, yeah. I feel you. That morning I called that bull in for Chav. I mean, we had two bulls coming, you know. We got a whole herd, two herds of elk converging. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the first bull I ever called in my life. And it's this bull's coming on a string. He almost steps on Chav, and I'm like, I got to stop him here because he's going to walk right over him, you know. He stops right at Chav. I'm serious. Six feet, he steps on him. He turns to the right, walks down there, and I see Chav go to draw. When he draws, I just, yeah, man, that bull stopped, looked right at me, and he never saw Chav draw. It was, it was beautiful. I'm talking picture perfect. And the other bull is standing down there about 45 yards looking at this other bull, you know. I mean – I smoke his rod if I got a tag, the tag, right? <laughs> I mean, it's over. We we double bull right there, Kesarasa. It was so cool to watch all that unfold, right? But I didn't say a word other than when I stopped him because he was in that window for Chad. You know, once I got him coming and I could see there, see him roaring through there and walking all mad and everything and peeing and bugling, I just shut up. Let him come on, you know. And and let me tell you, I, mean, I didn't know what I was doing, Joe. I had no <laughs> damn clue. You know, I just knew that I was every time that bull would bugle, I'd do the same thing that made him bugle. And then <laughs> here he come roaring up in there. Dude. It was cool as it was cool like the other side of the pillow, son. Yeah, I but promise. you did but listen to what you said, man. Every yeah. time he did it, I did whatever made him bugle. You were just feeding him what he wanted the whole For time sure. and getting that same reaction. Well, so. and Chad was helping he would be like, do it again, do it again. You know? <laughs> so it was so cool to you know, I've been coached by the best and and now, man, I'm telling you straight up, you know, if I hear a bull bugle and I get in there amongst them, there's serious danger. You know, all right. So uh, let's let's change it up just a little bit again now. So that same bull that just busted out a bugle, and you didn't respond when he sounded closer, and he's still bugling, he's still bugling, but from the same location, he's not moving. Right? He's trying to call you to him. So, do you go after him? Do you call? 
If so, what call do you use? I mean, you know, and again, how would you it would be it, it depend on how long first. Mm -hmm. I mean, is he hung up? Well, he's you still know, bugling. He's bugling. He's bugling. From yeah, the but I'm from the same, he's from the same location. Mm -hmm. And if from I'm cow calling and he's he's bug he's calling the cow to him. That's what you know. If he's especially if he's rounding or you know advertising that bugle, I mean, he's he's trying to get her to come to him, right? So you got to sound like something's. You got to sound like something is now after that cow, right? She, she's turned and gone the other direction, and there's another bull in the midst of all this. And you know, I'm telling you right now, if he thinks there's another bull in there with her, he's going to probably move forward. You know, but at the, you know, so think about that. You know, there could be many reasons that bull stopped right there. What if that bull has cows and the cows don't want to come any closer? Right? No doubt. Sure right. could. Or sure if, could. like you said, that bull is saying. But that would be a roundup bugle that he would use. Right. It, it so could, then you'd know he's got cows, and that's a whole different scenario. Well, and it, it could be, you know, it, again, you said, did you cow call him in or did you bugle him in? You right. know, so right. you, you got to think, like, if you're bugling, and he's answering and he's just going back and forth, back and forth to you, mm -hmm. right? If you're bugling, um, then he is, he's at, he's, he could be at a point where he's like, well, I got cows with me and I don't want to give those cows up. And you're like challenging him. You, but, you need but to. What kind of bugle is it, Joe? Is he, is he drawing a line in the sand where he's barked at you and, you know, and then challenged you like this is it man we're not going any closer you know yeah he, he screams that little bark and then <laughs> you know he gets off after you i mean that's there's you gotta so know many, what the bugle means there's so many things yeah. to be doing in that situation man because i mean you could you could take an aggressive stage where you shut up and you move in and then you challenge that booger right in his bubble if you're mm -hmm. able to get there but remember mm -hmm. if he has cows you got a lot of eyes so that's something that you mm -hmm. got to think about it could be something where like you said now maybe i go to like a a cow calf type thing you know where um i'm trying to you know i've got my calf here and maybe instead of working him if i think he has cows maybe i'm going to try to pull his cows yeah, sure. instead right that's you know what I, like yeah, that. what I would or, do. or i start you know doing something where i introduce you know if i've been doing it with bugles i introduce my cow sounds and instead of challenging him i start doing my own demonstration type stuff slow with play. my cows right there right mm -hmm. so so i'm not so threatening to him you know you know there and maybe i'm trying to pull his cows again but i really like the idea of using the cow calf in that like that or going in his bubble and getting after him you know, on that. So there's different things you could try. Now, if I did it and he stopped because I was doing cow calls and he's demanding me to go to him, now I've got to demand maybe for him to come to me where I use those reherding type calls, those yeah. type of muse yeah. with my calf sounds again inside there. So, you know, just really important to, to read the bugle. Is. Really important to read the bugle that he's, yeah. he's letting out. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on the situation that you presented to that bull in the first place, you know, like if you started out, like you had this hot cow that you've been chasing around or whatever, then you're right. He's probably very tempted to come over there because he probably has cows and he's, he's reluctant to lose those cows. And yeah, does he have a hot one? Right. Yeah. So uh, to me, I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep playing that scenario out just a little bit. If he's bugling, 
then I'm going to try to back up just a little bit to try to draw him past whatever he's hung up. Because I think if he has cows, you'll, you're likely to hear that going on in that whole situation. And, um, I, and, I'll and then you can be round I'll take Especially it to another level, up, Cole. Yeah. If that bull is constantly bugling like that, you know, this is where he could be you know, in his you were bed. Talking about early where you shut up and you go in and yeah. you sneak yeah. up on that dude, man, because he's telling yeah. you right where he's at. Yeah. And now you can actually get a little bit off to the side a little bit instead of in front where you that sound was that they could be looking there. Just get off Especially a little bit with the wind right. right and trying to get in on that booger. So if that guy's sounding off like that and he's telling me where he is, I I'm just gonna shut up. And He's go dead. after him as well. He's dead if he's staying in one spot. I can tell you that. Because once I get eyes on him, yeah. now it changes everything. Yeah, different game. Does he have cows? Do I get in the bubble? Um, yeah, you can read some body cows? language. Yeah, is he a young bull? Yeah. You know, so I now I can get more information and I yep. can make a better decision on that. But if he's going to sound <laughs> off and I don't have to worry about finding where his location is, go, go and sne- slip right in on that booger. Okay. All right. Um, all right, here you go. Here's a scenario we haven't talked about. So you've got that bull that's coming that's responding, and all of a sudden you hear a hunter off to your right wow. calling into the situation. And so, guys, this is an incredibly real situation yeah. right here where you've engaged with the bull, he's coming in, and all of a sudden you got somebody calling into the situation. What do you do? I play into the situation. Straight up. I've had this happen so many times in Colorado. It never fails when me and Kyle get a good fired up bull. All of a sudden somebody pops off back behind us or to the right or whatever. And I just keep that whole scenario going. I'm going to fight that bull off, which is the new caller. And then I'm going to use him to my advantage. And I'm also going to be talking to this other bull. And I'm trying to keep my hot cow to myself. And really, I'm starting a fight between me and that hunter to let that real bull know that I've got a precious hot cow over here. And me and Kyle have called in uh, several bulls by doing this exact setup right here. Whether it's a hunter or another bull, you can do the same thing, man. Right? Yeah. You got to introduce that hot cow that's in the middle of it, right? And if if you hear that bull coming in, and and he's reacting now to that other hunter who's over there. You can just shut up and let him come. I mean, now you're in. You've got you've got an unknown partner up there, basically, man. This helping you kill this bull. So, yeah, you can definitely make lemonade out of lemons, man. If sure. You, you know, don't get pissed off and go, God dang. You know, <laughs> you doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. yeah. They're doing the same thing you're doing, and you know, y'all honor the hunt and get you know try to get it done. Yep. Okay. So here's the other thing, man. You've got the setup. That bull is making that noise and he hasn't showed himself yet. And all of a sudden you see a hunter walk into your setup. Mm-hmm. See that hunter. And this. <laughs> that happen. Let's see that again, Cole. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey! yeah. You're yelling, but you ain't saying nothing. 
for you guys that you know if you're not watching this on uh, youtube cole is frantically waving those arms man just like arms. trying to trying to get yeah. the attention you're he is screaming with his hands man I yes mean, is is what he's doing and if, if once you get that guy's attention and he sees that you're in the setup that he's coming inside of it and you give him that you know give him that you see the bull in this direction you know just tell him you know you give him that wave off now one or two things could happen that guy could either take what you're saying and cole how do you handle this all right so you see that guy he sees you but he's he still keeps moving towards the bull um i bark at him <laughs> i nervous grunt, i nervous grunt him and i go ahead and run the bull off and then we'll catch up with the bull later a mountain clearing event. <laughs> I go ahead and clear the mountain. Yeah. Now, if you don't do me like that, I'm going to go ahead and run it all. <laughs> yeah, it's King's X for everybody. Now, yeah. now uh, let, let me let me play the devil's advocate. I've and, had this happen, Joe. And I'm, yeah, I and I'm the other guy, right? And I'm coming in, and I've had this bull bugling way off. In fact, I heard this other bull, and I've been working in, working in. All of a sudden, I catch some movement off to my left, and I see a guy over there waving his hands, right? And I don't know if that, that, that guy's been there all this time. I've been chasing this bull now for over a mile trying to get in on him, and I see somebody waving his hands over there, right? Really, if I'm doing it, I would probably go to that person yeah. myself, right? But if I started going on further on after that animal, because I'm like, okay, I see I got waving the hands, but I've been working the bull. I'm just going to keep working my bull. You know, I'm telling you, I wouldn't do that. I would just go to the person. I tell anybody in that situation, go over to the person there, you know, yeah. because have a conversation yeah have a conversation you know it doesn't have to be long and it might be that hey we called him in got a bull here you look towards your left i'll look towards the right you know um one of us needs to kill this bull can we work together if i have a partner back behind me let's spread out to the side let my partner keep calling maybe one of us could get this bull and and again turn a bad situation into a positive thing man because sure. yeah and 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 you could you could you know if you barked if you barked <laughs> I like was that, joking. I, oh i know i totally know but but i tell you what now if i'm somebody and i'm going over there and i see that person and they start screaming at me or something like that you know that we could have a situation because i did not engage that person go talk to them that's why i say the best thing is if you see waving hands either back out of the situation or go talk to them yeah. one or the other but make that choice either back out or go talk to them man yeah and, joe and i think i think it was super important of what you're saying is that if, if we all think that way, you know, imagine what a difference it can make uh, for everybody up in the mountain, right? And, uh, and how positive an experience can, you know, turn into. Because uh, yeah, a negative people. experience can turn dangerous. Exactly. And so I, you, you were on uh, live, live yesterday, last night with uh, our friend from Western guy from Western contours. Yeah. And you guys were talking about, you know, something similar to this. It's, it's just, what are we doing to, to promote and to defend what we're passionate about and to, to make sure that this, this is passed on to other generations. And, and, and I think, Part of what we can do is exactly what you're talking about is 
you know, help brothers. Kind of, yeah. Get everybody on the same mindset of, you know, hunting is something that uh, we can do together. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you guys were talking about being very, um, you know, jealous about, you know, sharing information and, and, you know, sharing honey holes and stuff like that. And yeah, we can still kind of, you know, be wary yeah, about sharing honey holes, but with regards to information, what, what a better example that the elk, elk bros, you know, it's yeah. uh, over, over two years of just openly sharing, you know, mm-hmm. y'all's knowledge to, you know, to the world free, and uh plus entertainment when when we have manano to pick on uh but but my point being is that uh the i think there is a lot of beauty into what you're talking about into sharing information into looking at other hunters as fella uh friends and yeah, and uh, versus versus uh just somebody that you're just upset and meeting and Nope. And so, yeah, I, I think if, if we all can think on those same terms, then the person seeing you come in will also be receptive and will make mm-hmm. things flow way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll uh, take it back to the reason that I first, um, it first really hit me that I wanted Eric Aragon to be part of this coaching staff. And mm-hmm. it was when he was in a setup and on his hunt, and had a young man and his little brother walk right into a setup and blow up a bull that was coming in. And instead of acting like a, a butthead about it, and, and really legitimately, he could have been angry legitimately, but not everybody knows that they're walking into a setup. And I mean, yeah. not everybody has the skill set or the knowledge, or they might be very limited in their elk hunting knowledge, knowledge. and ability mm-hmm. level, right? Yeah, they just so domed they, into yeah. something. So they didn't yeah. need to do that. And that was exactly the case. This was a young man and his brother that had been hunting for days and they, you know, basically hiking and hoping and told him, we really, this is the first elk we've even heard. And what did Eric do, man? Instead of going, well, well, you know, well, maybe you should go hunt down there and, you know, you should be careful. When you come. Instead of lecturing them, doing, he was like, look, I know a spot where there's some milk. Maybe I can take you over there. And he takes them into another location and calls in an elk for these guys and they score. I yeah. mean, yeah. What now take that right there. Build a giant too. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was a beautiful bull, man. <laughs> yeah. So look at, I mean, promoting the sport. What he did isn't going yeah. to be passed on to those boys, man. Yeah. So they that's should. our next generation. Pay it forward. And yep. they're going to pay it forward. And they're yeah. going to, if that ever happens to them, they're going to have that attitude. If they have people that are going to need help, they're going to pass that on. And, and like I said in that podcast, well, it was that live Instagram last night, is that, yeah. you know, caring and graciousness. And helpfulness has an eternal ripple. Oh, effect, yeah. Man. It's never the wrong thing to do. No. Karma is no. a good thing. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. I've been, I've, especially again, I've when been you in... get to see somebody go through it after they've been messing with you for, um, well, uh, the, to, the... to, whenever I was packing my bull out. <laughs> <laughs> I was messing with Joe there on that one. I, uh, you know, he was giving me grief. Uh, one of one of, you know, one of the years I was in a very rough shape, and uh, and he was just kind of, you know, 
he was putting us through some rough terrain and putting some miles on us. And man, I was wore out. And then he's just kind of turning around and kind of making fun and looking at Manano and looking at me and kind of laughing. And then he's, he goes up this hill, man. And it was kind of slippery because they had that burnt. It was a, it was a burnt area and it had that slippery kind of charcoal yeah. on top of the rocks, that. man. And he turns around, looks at us, kind of has that smirk on his face. And then he goes up that hill and man, sure enough, not even a quarter way up there. I mean, he slips and rolls down and I look at him and yeah, karma is a bee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has a way of humbling you for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, now, guys, I've been, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Gilbert. Uh, I've been in some situations. What I want everybody to understand is to err on the side of caution and, uh, and to treat your fellow hunters uh, with respect and uh, especially if we're hunting over the counter public land stuff, they got the same right to the areas you do. Um, I've been in some scenarios that were, could turn dangerous really, really fast uh, and, and did. And uh, fortunately I have a skill set that I possess that can deal with those kinds of things and I didn't lose my cool and nobody got hurt. And uh it, it it turned out okay, but I'm telling you, guys are going to get agitated and they're going to get upset. You gotta you gotta be the bigger person in this deal, and uh, you know whether you're on private ranch or whether you're on public land, it's going to happen because it's happened to me on both. And uh, I I generally feel like when we encounter other hunters in the woods, it's an opportunity for us to not only educate the the other guy into what we do at Elk Bros, but it's also a really cool way to, to interact with uh, hometown people that are there, right? And we're embraced in the community because of it, you know? Um, I've gotten to meet some really cool young people that are hunting with their fathers, got to meet some uh, elder guys that have been hunting for longer than I've been alive, uh, got to meet those guys, I mean, unbelievable the people that i've gotten that that have i've been blessed to meet so if you take and turn it around into a positive thing it could be really good but if you go at it where you're agitated i'm telling you it can turn dangerous you've got to be careful and keep your cool you know and sometimes you you get what you give and sure. you know if you if you want to throw rocks you better be ready. To have some Don't live in glass houses. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, really, we we choose. Life is a choice. One every, we have, every we day. have a choice for all the consequences that happen out there, and every choice has a consequence, either positive or negative. So, mm -hmm. the the thing I want to tell you is that if we are all going to protect what we have here, if this is going to be something great for our children, our children's children, then it's up to us as stewards to you know, um, give each other some room, give each other some grace, give each other uh, a, a, support. a helping hand, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some support. So I think, I think that's huge. Now guys, we, you know, we're going to, tonight we got to hit our, our mailbox. Sure. We actually have, I mean, I think that was some great stuff right there. We still have a lot more on this series to do, but it looks like we have to do some of the series while we're at elk camp, man. So oh, that'll be good. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be really great to do this and include some of our elk camp stuff in it while we're doing it. But on next up, we're going to talk about there he is. He's coming into range, and then he's in my range. It's go time, and we're working towards the shot. So we're going to start getting all of those things in there as we go. And hopefully this is something, you know, I could try to rush through this or we could do this a three hour session, but no, that's not going to happen, man. We're going to do it so that this is a quality thing that you can go back to year after year after year, because at some point Elk Bro is going to run out of stuff to talk about maybe. And, and this body of work is not as long as I'm around. So. <laughs> talk leg off of <laughs> I haven't even started yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, let, let's go down to our Elk Bros mailbox, man. And Luis, the, the first so, one. Yeah, we got a uh, mailbox from Mr. Bobby, and I'm going to butcher this one. Trichel. I'd say Trichel. Yeah. Trichel. Trichel. I don't know. I, re I remember, apologies in advance. I remember not too far back you talking about hunting the full moon versus no moon. My brother and I will be hunting Colorado the first two weeks of September, which is also on your calendar for the right time to hunt. My question is what time do you believe the elk will be transitioning to their beds in the morning? with no moon, do you think it will uh, keep them out until later in the morning or will they feed later in the evening? So, or so will they actually come out earlier in the evening? So he's, he's basically saying that we're not dealing with a full moon as much on this case, right? So he's wanting to know um, if those, you know, that transition period, if it's going to slow down. In other words, are they going to be hanging out later and are they going to be coming out earlier on that? So, because they don't have the full moon. What do you guys, Chad, what would you say your take on that? Okay, if there's no full moon, they'll probably stay out later and then head, head up to their beds, you know, a little bit later than the, the full moon. Because if you have a full moon, you know, they can leave during the night and head up to their uh, area. Mm -hmm. And I and I really believe there's some bulls that are just nocturnal uh, because, you know, when you, when you hunt for sheds, you find some amazing sheds, and those bulls are never killed. So, you know, I think there's some real smart bulls that if there is a full moon, uh, they head up early and you never see them. But, uh, yeah, if you don't have a full moon, uh, you know, they'll head, head for safety uh, at twilight, I think. Or even a little bit later if they're not if they're not spooked yeah so yeah i i agree with you i think they're going to come out a little bit earlier um you know because they don't have all night to play you yeah. know that it, it you know it's darker at night so they want to get more secure areas where they can smell and see from wherever they're at while they're bedded so yeah, I, I, you know, remember, they're going from their day bed to their night bed. And, and yeah. you know, they've got their feed that's happening, but, you know, they're in that, that night bed as well down there. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you got to remember that they spend 70% of their time in their bed, you know. So, I mean, figure out where they're bedding, brother. Yeah. and, and Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead, Cole. I, I was going to say, um, a lot of times whenever I first started hunting elk, it was just whatever time I could take off, regardless of what the moon was. Absolutely. I do this. I do this a lot. Whitetail hunting. Like I, I don't give two craps what the Me. moon's doing Me. because I, I'm going to do the same process that I always do to try to find those elk. 
and get into them. Whether they're still that, in the woods, they don't vanish. That's exactly right. They're not. They're not anywhere different. You just have to find where they are at that time, right? And if it is a full moon, then they put up a little bit early. Then they're already in the bedroom. So you just got to hike high and get there and and kind of get above it, kind of situation, because you can't follow them there, right? Yeah, and and I think that's that kind of completes that that the answer to that question because it's, that's spot on i mean i think that's what he's looking for right he's just yeah. trying to understand that that behavior based on the full moon obviously the behavior is going to change a little bit so where where would be the places to look and based on based on the fact that there's no full moon there so yeah. uh, i think i think you've all touched on on yeah. answering that one way or another i think the best benefit for that is remember you i mean if they're out in open parks or they're in open areas you know when you get on them in the morning because they're staying out there a little longer that's not where you want to engage them anyway you want to figure out where they're going into the trees it just gives you a better opportunity to find that area to set up in that transition phase when they're leaving and they are going up to a bed so it just helps you to get in on them without having to chase them so fast in that morning so that that's kind of the benefit of that you know, and the evening is going to be the evening. And, and guys, remember this. Everything that we talk about is kind of like, you know, a generalization of general behavior because of how these animals are. They don't listen to podcasts or read magazines, man. So they're not going <laughs> to bother you know, the, you know, we, we, we've talked they did, about. They'd be a hell of a lot sharper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we always talk about bulls, how they like to, you know, elk. They like to go from the bottom and they move up. And sometimes, man, they're up on top of these flat grassy mesas and they drop off on the side or if they're down in the in the uh the the lower you know sage areas they'll go and drop down into some of those ravines and drainages that are in there so they have a little bit different it's all about security it's all about being where they can be secure where they can be cool and remember this here's here's a huge one where can they go because they're wearing coats insulated coats and they have to regulate their temperature during the day and so they have to be someplace where they can get in shade and regulate that temperature and water the thicker it is the better it is and so if you're in a different type of terrain where is that area sometimes it's dropping into something sometimes it's going up to where you know those trees are growing it just depends on where that regulated thermal area is best suited for them so these are all generalizations elk do not follow a schedule you know i've heard people go man i i ran into this elk at 11 o'clock and he's supposed to be sleeping you know yeah don't don't have no schedule yeah what what i will tell you joe is i've found when i'm hunting and i look up above me and there's uh it don't have to be full it just has to be the moon above my head Mm-hmm. or below my foot i see we have more movement with our with our game right Absolutely. so if it's it's if if the moon's up in the sky get on your feet and get after them because i guarantee those bulls are going to come out of their beds try to find them a little wallow and and believe it or not guys we got the wind right you can find a bedroom you can go in there and kill active times is what you're talking about exactly they're the most active times that's right absolutely and and that moon has some kind of i mean it does on human people man i've listened to some of my students now that have graduated that work either in the medical field or that they're teachers and they're like man on a full moon our clients are like nuts you know (laughs) (laughs) and and it's the same thing man people get that agitated activeness i mean how many times have you ever had full moon nights when you had trouble sleeping yeah you know think about Mm -hmm. that 
you know, so. If you um, run around with Joe in circles, you ain't gonna have no trouble sleeping. I can promise you that. Hey, this next one's pretty cool. This is from Keith from Colorado. And uh, he is a member of our Space Force, man. Awesome, man. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. So thank you for your service, Keith. Very much. So. Absolutely yeah. cool. Thank yeah. you for your service. Space Force, for sure. man. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> it is. I had teachers that thought I could be, you know, part of that because I was a real space cadet. They were always telling me, man. And, anyway, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. yeah, yeah, you might want to edit that one, Joe. I was saying, man, you have some great teachers, man. Mine didn't tell me nothing like that. <laughs> so he says, he says, now the military and and sit sit for a second here he says now the military has me in colorado and i found a great bowl to hunt in i have the trifecta i've got three natural water sources grass in the bottom dark timber on the northwest west facing slopes and dark timber up high most of the activity i see and have been busted on is the elk coming down from the top moving down and west towards the grass in the bottom in the mornings I was not looking for them to be coming down at 8.30, and they got me. I thought they would be going up. Then later in the hunt at around noon, not too far from the wallow in the bottom, I got busted twice on separate occasions. Once because I snuck out to get a sandwich. Uh, sounds like you, chap. And when I came yeah. back 25 minutes later... Uh, I didn't think they'd be sitting essentially on top of my hunting spot. I walked in like I was at the shopping mall and got busted. The other was about 2 p.m. walking down toward the same area, and they were feeding on the grass higher up the hill. They weren't supposed to be in that spot. <laughs> at that, time. This is kind of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Shouldn't they be sleeping? Uh, hmm. LOL. My question is, the Elk Road team seems to talk about elk leaving the the lower in the morning heading up to dark timber and safety near the top what he calls the military rich to sleep yeah. during the mid-afternoon but i have repeatedly seen this small herd seemingly doing the opposite maybe they're walking down one side of the bowl and heading up the other but they seem to be coming from the same high elevation on a very regular basis does this seem right to you should i set up at the top of the hill and shoot them in their bed I'm trying to, and, and dude, I love you for what you're saying here, but, uh, man, I'm getting ready to tell you, no, I'm trying yeah. to honor their home and get them on the way to food and water instead. But two years of tag soup, soup is getting old. Also, when I'm in the bottom of the bowl, the wind is coming off the different fingers and is going so many directions how would you combat this you know what he just answered his question did, as to why those elk are down there yeah yeah because the wind yeah absolutely yeah, exactly right <laughs> they have found a place that no matter where somebody comes from in a direction they're going to catch their wind yeah and they know that yeah and and i would think 100 percent they're pressured elk anyway that's why they're doing that yeah yeah, they, they, they actually feel pretty safe in this area, man. This They're not in that bowl for, you know, they've got food, they've got water, they got security, and they don't have to be up on the top to have the security. They can be down there in the bottom where it's really cooler down there in, the, in any of that chamber down there where you have water and stuff. They're able to eat any time of the day there, you know, um, and they have – they have wind around them that is swirling because of that bowl and tells them, you know, they're bowls, dangerous at. man, these elk are masters at 
the wind and their thermals and finding those locations where they feel very safe because it's hard for you to get on them. So, Brother Keith, in your whole little scenario here, I didn't hear you say one thing about what call you were making to these elk. Um, And I think it, it would help you a lot to know that where these elk are and to stay just outside of that, that zone of you being busted and you call to this bull and you present the right scenario. He's going to, he's going to make a mistake and come over there and check you out. Um, So that would be my advice to you is, is you present that right scenario. You don't have to worry about being in that, that or wherever it might Mm -hmm. be because you're going to bring that bull to you yeah and there's so many things but like i'm not sure exactly what the date is what the moon was doing you know if you had a full moon on this time and they actually went to their bedding area early man uh, 11 o'clock or two o'clock are really stretch the legs time get a little munch time because they're in their bedding area for so long there and and they don't know what time it is they They just know they're just there eating and laying and there's nothing pushing them you know yeah they're they're forest gump people man you know sure when When they're hungry sleep yeah when they're tired they sleep sure yeah, I but mean, Cole, Cole's right. I mean, if you know where they're bedding and they're going to a specific area and you got the wind right, get in there, man. Pull off a slow play scenario. If you don't know what that is, look up Paul Medell and the Elk Nut. And I promise you, Paul Medell kills 90% of his bulls in bedding areas. Yeah, we, we have the same scenarios that we work yeah. on ours. And, and you know, uh, it, yeah, man, do not be afraid of going in those bedding areas. And, that if doesn't you mean you have to go right. through them and blow them out. You just got to right. get on the perimeter and call yeah. them brothers off of it. So, That's right, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, last one. Um, I don't know why I have this here. Gilbert, why don't you take Jason? Jason Albright from New York, New York. He says, I hear you talk about closing the distance on bull elk that is 400 yards or more away. My question is, is it possible to call in a bull elk in september from over 400 yards without closing the distance <laughs> well i can tell you hell yes hell to the <laughs> yes right if you got a caller like joe jillian myself i promise you you can get it done what are the reasons for being uh so quick to close the distance on a bugling aggressive bull it's called public land yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no doubt versus private yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, if I'm on private property, I've called yeah. bulls in from over a mile, man, on private property. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about anybody intercepting them as long as they're coming, they're coming and and it's all good. But, you know, uh I have been told in the areas that we're going to in Colorado, you better bring your own rock if you want a place to sit. So, yeah. um there's a lot of folks in the woods, man, and when a bull advertises his position, it's going to attract attention, man. We are the wolf pack, and it doesn't take long. And we are incredibly intelligent, and people are going to, you know, if you want to sit back and wait for it, you're going to end up with that situation we talked about earlier with somebody coming and calling into your setup. So, Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it is possible to call that bull from over 400 yards away. But why, why? why are you i mean are you up against a barrier i mean is there there's a whole lot of scenarios that go into that i mean i've seen 
you know, Joe, Joe, myself, and uh, I'm sure Cole have called bulls in from a quarter of a mile, you know, right across and, the fence, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, if you go and watch our podcast where I killed that bull uh, in a standoff for like eight minutes, a couple of years back, that bull came from very well over a quarter mile, half mile from away. And we were all but giving up on him. And then he pops his head out in front of a waller and he's way down the mountain from us. And Joe just kept whining at him and man, here he come, you know, we put on a little scenario and he couldn't hack it. He knew that there was a hot cow up there and he had to come find out. And, uh, that was it. But we called that bull in from a long way off and he was in a wallow wallowing. Uh, I mean, black is the ace of spades when he come rolling up through there. Yeah. I think anything you can do to, to, to reduce that distance, you know, if you can, you know, continue, there's nothing wrong with actually calling and then moving forward because then now, especially if you're solo, that call is behind you. Yeah. Especially then, if you can't see it. And then, you know, he's going to be focused behind you if that's the case too. So, I mean, nothing wrong with just trying to reduce that gap and, and trying to expedite the, the, well, the situation. To again, take place. you got to listen to his bugle, what he's bugling at you. You know, mm-hmm. is he rounding up cows when he's bugling at you? It, I mean, so that's another reason to close the distance because he's probably going to keep moving. If he thinks you're a bull and you've advertised a bull, he's going to move his cows, right? So if he's sounding off in the same place, man, you you know, you, you need to keep moving. There's something else I want to throw out there is the sure. same the same thing that I tell people about, look, um, I can be the best shot in the world. At 20 yards, I have a certain percentage that you know that's a layup for me shooting that at an animal and i might be able to shoot great shots at 60 or 80 yards right i might be able to drop dimes on that but in that amount of time it takes for my arrow to get from point a to point b there's other variables that could happen that animal could move he could turn could do different things without even being spooked it might just be within his normal movement that he's making before that arrow gets there Well, it's the same thing when you have an elk responding at a long distance. It doesn't have to be another hunter. There could be a lot of variables between you and that animal that's going to keep that animal. He could actually come across, you know, another bull out there. He could come across another predator out there. He could come to an area that he really does not want to cross that area or it's difficult, you know, for him to cross that area. Me and Chab had a you know, you see Damn. that bull up right there, that, that bull that I have up on top, you know, mm-hmm. that one there. Um, yep. We had a bull that made him look tiny. And because we had, you know, and it sounded like he was right there. Well, he was. He was only 50 yards away. Yeah, probably 60 on the other side of that. But we had a complete drop off there, and he's on the other side, and he's just screaming at us because he's not mm-hmm. able to come to us, man. And yeah, and so I mean, there's different things that could happen there. So you don't know that. You can look at different things on your base map or on your Onyx and different things. But a lot of times, it's even hard to tell on those the way contour lines go sometimes. So, um, man, yeah. I, the more you close the distance, the better chance you have at eliminating variables. So yeah. that's one of the reasons, whether it's another hunter, whether it's a predator, whether it's another elk, whether it's the terrain or anything like that, man. So yeah. uh, that's, that's what I would tell you. One of the reasons I like to do that. All right. Absolutely. Joe. 
All right. Yeah, that was a great, the great question. Glad we got to all of them this week. Uh, as you guys know, we'll be in the hills when we shoot the next one. Uh, we'll be back talking about, you know, uh, our strategies uh, from, you know, fr- from what we believe that going to help you guys put more elk on the ground and you understand their behaviors, you know. Guys, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. you got to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review us, and you can check more elk hunting content out at elkbros.com. And just a reminder. Gilbert, if I could, man, I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro. I'm sorry, man, but uh, I'm just going to ask you all out there, and you hear Gilbert do this, and we go through this part like, you know, you know, it's kind of like the label on your bed or on the on the on the neck of your T-shirt. It's like something that's just there all the time. And and I just want to tell you this: when he asks you guys to subscribe, rate, and review us, we don't want it just to be that that tag on your mattress or on the back of your T-shirt. We honestly need that, man. You know, um, we really enjoy y'all's um, reviews. It's yes. something that we go back and look to see if we get a new review all the time, man, because it really makes us feel good about the fact that we know that we're of value to you out there. So if you can take a moment and go and just click on one of those stars, whichever one you want to, however you feel the job that we're doing there. Um, but like Gilbert says, don't be mean and nasty, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, yes. we, we would, we would appreciate you and we do appreciate you and you don't know what it means to us when we go back in there and we see these, uh, reviews and we see these honest reviews. It just means to us that you're willing to take a little bit of time out of all this time that we take because y'all. Um, this is episode 136. Some of these episodes are, most of these episodes are between an hour and two hours long. And yeah. these folks and, and us, we put a lot of time for it. So we definitely appreciate you taking some moments out. Give us a review that helps us and give us a rating. helps us to show other people that other people care when we try to get sponsorships or when we try to get people that, that want to uh, uh, partner with us. They, they can see that we have something of value. So it helps us keep on giving you something for free. All right? Absolutely. Well said, Joe. And if any of our listeners would like their questions answered on our show, just send your question to info at elkbros.com. That's info at elkbros.com. Unbelievable episode, Joe. Can't wait to see you boys up here in the mountains here in just a few yeah, days. And like we say down here in the Lone Star State. And for all, all our... Uh, husbands out there, please kiss your wives. Wives, kiss your husbands. Hug your babies. Keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Honey. Yeah, don't kiss your broadheads. It's elk season, y'all. And guess what, man? We're finishing up with who? Big T, Tony Wintrip. Wintrip. TW in the house. Peace, peace, everybody. Strap on those spikes, boy. Leave the world behind dreams here to chase and you got the rest of your life the grass is cut the dirt is dry and this field was made to run on the sun now is shining and the wind is laying down so pick up that bat ball and leather on the ground and smile as big as the blue sky 
field was made to run on Hardwood, you don't run between them lines. 